Woohoo. Uh, where'd Penny go? I don't know. She, dead. Yep. Dead. She died. She just jumped. She's like, I can't listen to these assholes talk anymore. Just end it all. Understandable. Yeah, I can't understand. I can't handle ourselves talking ever. All um, right. Should we start? Should we? I don't know. Whatever. Your call. Okay. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 14 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we are going to be talking about the must-have software and apps. Don't forget the apps for no-budget filmmakers. But first, Alex, what are we drinking? I'm drinking a delicious Island IPA. I am drinking a Longboard Island Lager. We have a lot of cases of Kona Brewing Company's beer Yes, uh, from Alex's wedding left. And, you know, we're slowly... Chipping away at it, working our way uh, through it. You know, it's just it's it's a challenge. It's it's a challenge we're undertaking to just drink as much as we can. To, you know, just to get rid of it, free up room in our challenge. Studio. Accepted, nailed it, love it. Um, so, all right, Alex. So, what is new with us? Well, we got a couple things going on, I guess. Do we? Yeah, we're starting to do um, some YouTube and Facebook live okay. videos. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. working on it. Um, we're figuring out the kinks right now. We're trying to make it as easy but look as cool as possible. That's um, right, because we know our own motivation, yes. and uh, if it's too difficult and too time consuming, we we won't do it. Let's just say <laughs> we are both shocked that we made it to fourteen episodes of this podcast. That's yeah. uh, that's how we know. How well we know our own motivation. Well, we use this podcast as kind of like a a, a measuring stick yes. of sorts because it is very easy and fun for us to do, mm-hmm. um, and we want our videos to be the same way. So we're trying to figure that out. We think we think live is the way to go. Yeah, like maybe live to tape, if anything, but live to Facebook and then post it on YouTube after too. Exactly. Just to have, limit the amount of post production we have to do after, because once we get into post production, we're kind of like ah. Is, is the payoff worth it? Is the payoff worth it? But maybe it is. But it's know. all for you guys. It's all for so. you. All the loves. Um, also, we have a little guest in the studio today. Uh, it is Penny. Penny. Or as she's affectionately known as Pendog. Um, if you've been following cinemasummit.com, <laughs> like all six of you have, um, we have some interviews with John Levine on there. Well, it is his dog. John went on vacation, and him and his wife entrusted me and my wife with their dog and she came to the studio with us today and uh, we don't know where she is right now yeah so if you hear um, any twinkling of like dog colors and barking, nail scratching barking that's uh me that's penny. screaming penny um penny! Penny! get back here bring me another beer um yeah that's penny she's joining us today um i don't think she's gonna say much on this podcast but you never know dogs are dogs are a mystery a conundrum yeah yeah and another thing i wanted to remind everyone about uh-huh. the business plan uh, download that we have from the previous episode, That's episode right. 13, is about uh, creating a business plan. We walk through kind of the whole the whole deal, and also we posted up a free sample download mm. from a business plan that we made uh, for a film. And uh, you can download that, check it out, see what it's like, use it, use some of the uh, ideas for your own business plan, and take it from there. And the offer still stands it if you want to send us your business plan for us to look over and see where where you're headed with it, make sure you send it at hello at cinemasummit.com. Yes. Um, take out your I, the project specifics, like uh, synopsis and stuff like that, because we don't want there to be any 
you know, any Confusion. questions. Yeah, any questions later in life if you think that we stole your idea, don't give us your idea at all. So then there's no confusion. Exactly. Um, we think we're smart enough to come up with our own ideas, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? And also, we are doing a bunch of uh, videos. I, you know, we had mentioned last podcast that we went over to see Stage 32, our friends over there, help them with setting up their uh, kind of their video platform. Yeah, their video setup. Yeah. And then also, we're going to start doing weekly AMA videos. Uh, we're going to go on their blog. They have a blog that, you know, users yeah. can kind of uh, throw up questions and hopefully get answered by the community. But we're going to answer them on video. Once we figure out the easiest and yeah, so we're gonna, <laughs> simplest way for us to do those videos. Exactly. We're going to try to uh, get some community uh, engagement and have people post up questions for us to ask and answer. Um, and we'll try to do that every week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would say uh, jump over to Stage 32. Start asking around there. If you're not a member yet, join it. But we'll be uh, posted up on there um, about once a week if we can get off our ass and do the videos. Yep. Um, so now let's get into our main topic. Now, you know, if you haven't known already, film is moving into the digital space. Yes, it is. And moving more quickly. And more, quickly. Before you know it, it's going to be all digital and no film. I know. We Actually, we had um, someone rent a battery block from us the other day for a shoot that was on 16 millimeter. I know. And the DP said to me that he loves shooting on 16 millimeter but it's just really hard to convince people to to do it and it's just crazy to me that well yeah. a it's hard to convince people because it's awesome yeah it's awesome but b that he can convince anyone because yeah. it's expensive and more difficult it reminds me of the story of uh we we had a red 21 which was their first real foray into digital cameras it was butter. It looked gorgeous. It looked um, gorgeous. It was a beast, beast of, a camera. of a camera. Really, really difficult to really, use. Really, it had an optical viewfinder. Um, it was, it it was, was cool. It was awesome camera. But we sold the it. The recorder was giant. Oh, giant the recorder. Thing, the thing weighs like twenty five pounds just by itself. Yeah, the body. The body. And then the recorder was a, probably the size of a toaster. Small toaster. Yeah, it was a small toaster. And then, and then you had the lens and any kind of support. I mean, it was it was. And then beefy. the transfer for the, the transfer oh station God. for the thing was the size of a giant like laser printer. Yeah, like a big one. Like a big one, guys. <laughs> and this is we were like, we got it. We got it. we hit the we hit the jackpot. We didn't have to pay Alexa prices and we got the Alexa look. Yeah, um and then we something. decided to sell it because it was such a beast. And the person we sold it to said he bought it because he wanted to get the di- people in the digital realm because he too liked shooting on film. He wanted to ease the transition of people he worked with all the time from digital to film. No, from film to oh, digital, really? I think. Oh, I, right? Because I, yeah, I guess yeah, that that makes more sense. I don't know. I yeah. think it was also that he he was saying how um a lot of he thinks that digital makes for lazy filmmakers. That's true. And so having this big beefy camera that operates kind of like a film camera would make you think of it more like a film. Mhm. Yeah. Know? And so it was kind of his transition camera, and so we, uh, so that was kind of the whole thing. Man, that was a tangent. We're talking about software, and we're talking about old stories of selling our D twenty one. Overzealous. Sorry with guys. Sorry guys. Stories. So, um, now we, when we say software, we d- we're not excluding apps because apps are getting more and more popular. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of their stuff uh, on their phones these days. So we got apps. As well, um, we do. So let's jump into the list. Uh, and in pre-production, it all starts with the story. You know, it, it oh, all it comes down to the script. And so there are many applications out there to write a script. And the basic one is Google Drive or Microsoft Word, um, and you mm-hmm. just format it yourself. But man, that's really hard. I've <sighs> I tried to do that really early on. Yep, me too. Um, and it's okay. 
It's okay, but it just takes a lot of effort. Especially yeah, when you, you have get to be into, dedicated. You have to be dedicated to it, especially when you get into things like dual dialogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's... it. Once you go to an application or a piece of software that is designed for filmmaking, for screenwriting, it's like, you just can't go back. Yeah, you're like, what it, was yeah, I doing this exactly. whole time? So, there's many options out there. Uh Pour one out for Adobe Story. That was mine and Alex's go-to uh, program because it allowed us to work offline, but then jump online and collaborate. Yeah, and, and it was it was pretty great. It, yeah. it actually, I don't know. I really liked it. I understand why they're pulling it because I don't think very many people used it. No, uh, people didn't realize that it actually came with their Creative Cloud subscription. That so was a crazy. lot of people had it. Yeah. for free. And we we used we didn't even know yeah. we had it for a exactly. long time. And we, what actually happened is that me and Alex would write in an area that had no internet, and so. We had used Celtic, which is another uh, another software, but it didn't allow you to kind of work offline. It was all online based. You had to have the old Mac. school. Yeah. No, you had to have yeah. OS X or whatever, or and, the old version of Celtic on the PC. Right, and we we had only PCs, and we didn't have the old version, so we decided to drop that and move to something else and move to Adobe Story, but now that's dying and now yeah. we're trying to move to something else. Yeah, so Final Draft is kind of like, if you listen, if you talk to screenwriters, that is like the gold standard of screenwriting. Yeah. And again, you know, it's, it's because it is the gold standard, they can charge what they want, it's a little more expensive, but all these apps do exactly a lot of the same thing, and that is just to format your screenplay in easy hotkeys and all that. And so what we're testing out as we're writing our scripts is a program called Fade In, um, mm-hmm. It's a little cheaper than Final Draft. It allows you to collaborate online. We haven't bought the full version yet, so that we can really test out the online collaboration. But you know, these there's tons of screenwriting programs out there that you can use, like Celtics, Fade In, Final Draft, and there was Adobe Story. But uh, no more. <laughs> bye bye. Um, so that's that's for screenwriting. And then um, you get into uh, pro- programs like uh, Gorilla, which is a budgeting and kind of like a management. Software. Yeah, the Gorilla is sort of like the low budget version of Movie Magic budgeting mm-hmm. and scheduling, or Entertainment Partners. Uh, I forget what it's called, but you know the standard mm-hmm. budgeting and scheduling programs. Gorilla's kind of it kind of shot into the scene and had provided the same basic functions, and it had a lot of really cool features. Um, it was a little clunky at first. At first, it's a little yeah. bit better. I mean, it's still kind of weird. I would say it's um yeah I would yeah I would say that basically sums it up it's weird it's a little weird but I Takes use some it getting used to yeah I use it and it works works fine you can create some professional looking budgets mm-hmm. and what's really cool about it I think is you can purchase what they have called rate cards which basically do tell yeah it's a, it's an add on it's like fifty bucks extra okay um and you they update it every year okay. And it has the rates for different positions, like standard rates. Yeah, so you can get an idea of what you're going to pay uh, for your crew. Yeah, so if you need to hire like a professional carpenter to build a set or whatever, you got like a carpenter rate in there. Oh, there's um, Penny. Hey, Penny. Hi. Hey, Penny. Hey, she's alive. We we survived another day, Penny. Um, yes. Yeah, so. so Gorilla's cool, and and it's not only a budgeting program, but it's also scheduling. So you can do your strip boards. Yeah. Uh, do the whole thing. You can also break down your script, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, and then they also have a different program called Koala now. Yes. Which is Koala Call Sheets, yeah. which creates, obviously, call sheets that are 
perhaps a little bit better than the old uh, Excel call sheets that I still tend we to still, get. We still get to this day. Um, <laughs> and on that note, there's a, there's another program that's kind of like Gorilla, and that's Studio Binder. Um, and Studio that, Binder, yeah. That's a web-based app. Um, and that is kind of the same thing. It gives out call sheets. It kind of organizes everything for you. Very pretty call sheets, too. Very pretty call sheets. And it's definitely more of a cloud-based product. You, mm-hmm. It's meant for organizing an entire production. So you can upload things, documents, and whatever. Um, Sorry, guys. I think we heard a ghost or something. something oh, was, my gosh. Something made noise, and we have no idea what it was. But we may have ghosts. But uh, go ahead. Or ants. Um, or ants, yeah. Um, so... Studio Binder, I would say, unlike Gorilla, is more for managing an entire production. You can yeah. upload documents, collaborate with people. Um, you can do the schedule, script breakdown, call yeah. sheets, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They don't have budgeting yet. No, but I'm but sure I that's coming. I talked to them. And oh. They said, oh, you talked to them. I did. Mr. Insider. Well, I used I used the chat function on their website, <laughs> and I asked them wow. a question. How'd you How'd you get access access <laughs> insider to access. tips here? Wow, amazing! I said, I said, "Excuse me, yeah, um, I'm really interested in this program that you have here." Okay, um, what was the password? I want to know, uh huh, if budgeting is on the roadmap, and they said yes, but they don't know when it's going to happen. Okay. So maybe you know, as as I feel like once they do that, it's going to be like a super well-rounded thing. That's like a one-stop shop. It has like kind of everything, which yeah. is great because that's the problem I have with all these other things. It's just like all over the place. Yeah, and and that becomes a problem. You kind of want to keep it all centralized so that you can jump into one app at one point and handle everything you need to handle, which yeah. would be great. And we should also point out that Celtics also has scheduling Mm -hmm. and storyboarding Mm -hmm. and other types of stuff as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so then we, so you move, you got, you you got your script, you know, you got your script written to the best of your, uh, abilities. Yeah. Now you started working on the budget and scheduling. Yep. And then, um, you want to do a little, uh, you know, a little location scout, but you want to, you know, you don't want to rent out the Alexa that you're going to use on set. Of course not. That'd be ridiculous. But you want to be able to see what kind of shots you can pull off with the Alexa. What do you recommend? Because you love this this app. I do. Now, normally, you know, back in the day, uh-huh. you would you would rent a... Uh, back in the day, like you're old. I know. I am. I'm so old. <laughs> you're so old. Go ahead. So old. Man, I'm just interrupting you left and right. I'm going to just drink beer and listen. You would, uh, you would rent like a director's viewfinder, mm-hmm. which you can put lenses on and just kind of scope out and see shots and stuff like that. For those who don't know, if you see the picture of like Steven Spielberg with a very long lens with a handle on it, that is a directed viewfinder. Exactly. Um, that just gives you the idea of what you could probably pick up with the lens you want to use in what location and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and those things generally were like adjustable mm-hmm. depending on what type of camera you're using and what uh, aspect ratio you're shooting and all that kind of stuff. And much in the same way, there's a uh, an app called CadRage mm. that I use frequently that's pretty great and uh it's for a cell phone yep it takes the camera in your cell phone and it uh frames it up with different lenses that you have based on the camera and the sensor size and all that kind of stuff so it knows what the sensor size of like an alexa is versus um like a gh5 and um what a 35 millimeter lens will look like on an alexa versus a gh5 etc and you can use it as a viewfinder, you can snap pics with it, and it also puts metadata on the photos, which includes like the height of the camera, like the angle, and um, 
um, the direction. So it'll say if you're facing north or south or whatever, which is great for when you come yeah. back and you're like, oh man, what's which direction was I facing? Which way is the sun going to be? It's a pretty blah, blah, blah. intuitive app. It's, it's pretty it's intuitive. Very handy. Um, it's, it's a little expensive, isn't it? Like, is it twenty nine? I don't remember how much it is. We can look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. Keep talking. Uh, but we used it for our camera, the Vericam 35, and uh, we just uploaded, or not uploaded, but we selected the lenses that we have in our lens package, mm-hmm. and we were able to plan out some shots for uh, you know, basically every shoot that we do with that camera, which is really nice, just to have it in your pocket and be able to pull it out whenever. Yeah, and we also actually did, looked at through uh, CadRage before we bought our camera, just to kind of get an idea of what we would, were dealing with. It is $15. That's not bad. That's not, not bad. bad at all. Um, and um, yeah, I love CadRage. Uh, I think it's very intuitive to give you the ability to look at what your camera is going to see without having to rent the camera for uh, a field day or for some pre-production stuff, especially if your DP knows uh, the camera that you guys are going to be using on, on the set. Um, so look at that. And then as you're, you're done, you went on set, you're like, you know what? I got an idea of what my camera's going to look like. Now we're moving into shot listing and, and kind of storyboarding and all that. And there's two programs, Shot Designer and Shot Pro. Yeah. Um, these are programs that will help you, um, you know, kind of figure out, you could kind of put in the dimensions of the room you're using, you know, kind of the layout, lay of the land, as they say. And then figure out what shots you want, where the camera's going to be located, where, where your actor's going to be located, and um, in a visual way so you can kind of share it with the crew on set mm-hmm. and say, this is my vision. Exactly. I think Shot Designer is probably my favorite app. Uh, yeah, I, I, Shot Designer is great. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. You can use it. I think they have a desktop version, so you can do it on the desktop if you need to. Uh, you can do it on your phone. You can do it on a tablet. But basically, you have these colored circles that you know are symbols for people your actor and um you have little camera icons mm-hmm. and then they also have walls and lights and stuff i use it all the time for lighting diagrams um but the cool thing i think about it as well is when you put the cameras in you can put camera moves yeah you can do dolly moves you can yep. do whatever yep. and it'll create a shot list for you based on what you put in the diagram so you put like five cameras, you label them, and it'll print out a shot list for those yep. five shots. You and know, it'll say if it's a dolly move, if it's a, a slide, a pan, a you know jib shot, and all that. It, it's pretty intuitive, and it, the best thing is that it is easy to use. Really and, easy, and it'll it'll give you it'll, you'll be able to kind of show your vision to everyone on set very easily with with Shot Designer. Yeah, and I think one of the examples of us using it really effectively was. For a short that we did where we only had a location for like three hours mm-hmm. um, and we wanted to put lights up in the ceiling and not really – or like set the lights and not move them for any setup. So basically yeah. have like set lighting so that we could move the camera around and shoot the scene really fast without having to relight. And so we diagrammed out the whole thing, went there, and basically did it exactly as we, yeah. as we diagrammed and it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, now, what it doesn't do, if if, if I'm not uh, wrong in this thinking, is and that Shot Pro does is Shot Pro will kind of uh, help you and allow you to make animatics. Shot Pro is way more intense of a of yeah. a product. It's not it's, more. It's not just shotless. It's more storyboarding animatics. It's, like it's definitely more storyboarding because basically what you're doing is you're creating like a 3D scene mm-hmm. with characters, there's actors, and yep. 
and actual like set have, dressing and stuff like that. You, you can, can have, have cars. character moving movement. You can have you know, yeah. blocking and all that. And you do. It's not meant to be like a, an animated series that you're making on yeah. Shot Pro or anything. But you can do basic keyframing and stuff like that. And some things have built-in animations, like the actors, for example, kind of just do this like wobble stand. So <laughs> it seems like they're not just like sticks, you know. Um, but then you kind of frame them, you put lighting up and you put yep. the camera where you want to be and you say what lens you want it to be on. And it's definitely more of like a, uh, an intense, um, pre-production, yeah. um, development, yeah. you know, like look dev or whatever you want to do type of, of software, but it is still really easy to use. It's not like you have to really learn like a 3d program. Yeah. Um, it's just, they have two different – it's one of those things where if you want to get really deep into it, you go Shop Pro if you want to get really deep into it. Um, but if you want to just you know have a simple shot list with a diagram, I, I, I go with Shot Design. I yeah. know Alex loves Shot Designer, um, but both are, both are fine no matter what you're trying to do. Yeah. I got another Rogue Edition that Ooh. we didn't talk about before. Um, oh, uh-oh. This one's a little bit more – supposed to – you know, clear this with me. I know. Which one is it? I'm sorry. Right, which one? Uh, you've never heard of this. Uh-oh. It's way too, way too uh, advanced. advanced. <laughs> I, got the, I got the limited <laughs> release that's only been released to 10 people. Um, this is definitely more for previs, um, like really high quality previs and stuff like that. Okay. There's a thing called Cine Designer, and it's an add-on for um, like Maya and C4D. Cinema oh, 4D. You get the secret thing. Um, Cinematography database. If you haven't heard about it, it's a uh, a website. Um, Matt Workman created, and he does YouTube videos. You probably I know seen Matt Workman, so shut up. Yeah, there we go. You're not too special. Um, but he created all these little tools for Cinema 4D and and whatnot, and it's basically just like camera grip and lighting equipment that you can use, and it works. You know, as the equipment would basically, so you can um, create these sets and scenes and test out lighting and know it'll work ahead of time, which I think is kind of cool. Like unlike unlike Shot Pro or Shot Designer, you can't really see the real effects of how the lighting will interact with like the actors in the background and stuff. In this, the idea is that it's pretty accurate to how it will look. So if you put up uh, a 2.5k HMI through a 20 by silk or something mm -hmm. and have it at a certain distance from the actor, you'll see exactly kind of how that will look on the actor's face and how the shadows it, will, will play yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it, I, th I think that's kind of cool. It definitely takes a little bit more skill and knowledge because you got to learn Cinema 4D. Yeah. Well, looking at it, looking at the, the product right now, it, it, it's pretty cool. It has it has 3D models of the gear that you would use on set. So you have your RE150 Tungsten uh, Fresnel. You have your you know, RE Alexa Mini. And so, based on what Alex is saying, is you put this RE3D model, a 300 watt model in your you know, Cinema 4D and it will, it will basically perfectly recreate what the kind of light and the intensity you're going to get on your actor. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. And on the set, so if you have like specials on the on the wall or something, or you're lighting the background, you can kind of see what that's going to look like too. Again, a little more um, intense in terms of what you have to do to set it up. But if you really want to get into it and really, really, um, you know, kind of show everyone what you're thinking of for a very 
complicated lit scene, that that sounds like an awesome way to go. Yeah, I think it's it'd be especially helpful if you're working on <clears throat> on say like a commercial. Ah, and yes, you're working yes. with an agency, and they really want to like micromanage what you're doing. But also, I think for your own peace of mind, if you're a DP, it it would be really helpful if you have this t- kind of time and ability to prep whatever mm. you're shooting to be able to do this and walk in and know that it's going to work out pretty well. Especially when you're doing no-budget filmmaking. The more you can do uh, pre-production and then just go walk in there and get it done quickly and you know blaze through some pages on a, on a shoot day, especially if you're renting a spot, the better. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it may cost a little more for, for something like that, but... It, in the long run, it could pay off because you're not wasting time on set. You're not wasting. You're not buying, a, uh, renting equipment you don't need. Well, that's what's really huge about it. I think is a lot of the shoots that I've done that are like no budget or low yeah. budget or whatever. You don't have really any time. Yeah. You know, it's like you got 30 minutes to set up and shoot, and mm-hmm. you got 20 setups a day or whatever. So, having this for all 20 setups would be like game changer. And it would make everything so much easier where it's like, here's exactly what I want to do. I know exactly what it's going to look like for all 20 setups. Yep. We're just going to blast through these really quickly. You might have to make some small adjustments based on something, but if you can lock it in for the most part, like within 10 minutes of stepping on set, ooh. Pretty cool. Hot lava. Hot lava. So we're, right. done, we're done with pre-production. Let's move into the production. Yes. So what, uh, what kind of apps you think would be useful here? Well, we've talked about a couple of these before. Sunseeker is a That game one's really cool. I really like Sunseeker. It's a it's a cool little nerdy thing. Yeah, and that's kind of a pre production. It's definitely a pre production app you're gonna use if you're location scouting and shooting outside, but also um it it'll be handy on productions as well, especially no budget. If you show up on set and you haven't been able to have a scout day, mm-hmm. which has happened to me where you show up and you are just kind of like thrown into it and then you realize oh you have to shoot outside and you can if you have the opportunity to make the decision to like move the timing based on where the sun's going to be that can definitely change the whole production and make it a lot better the sun could be your best friend or your worst enemy on set especially if you're trying to work fast because that sun can can blast you and and then 30 minutes later, be completely out of, out of the picture. Yeah. Um, so Sunseeker is awesome. I love that app. It's really cool. Um, just keep in mind, guys, we'll put links to all these apps as well as prices um, in the notes for this episode just so you can easily find it because you never know what you type in if you misspell one thing, what you could get to. Yeah, you, you, yeah exactly. Yeah, and so then there's also the Illuminati light meter. Um, now, this is not so much just an app as it is an app and a piece of hardware. Uh, We have this. It's really cool. It's a light meter that connects to your phone, and it is also a color meter. Yeah, and so that's really helpful when you're trying to match different lighting Mm -hmm. conditions or you walk into an office and you have to match it or whatever because, you know, if you have a ton of money, you'll switch out all the bulbs in the office building or whatever in the building to your color-correct bulbs, and it'll be fine. But if you don't have that time or budget, then you got to work backwards and match whatever lighting they have. And also if you are at a location where you cannot keep your gear overnight and you're doing a two day shoot there and you have to you know, you have to haul match. out gear and then you have to come back in the next day and match color uh, temperature yep. and uh, you know, light intensity, something like that. You know, everyone dreams of having a light meter. I mean that's one of those things that even when I was in film school I was like, I want a light meter. But yeah. they were expensive. They, they still are. are expensive. Color meters are more expensive. Yeah. And so you know, now with with the new technology coming out, you can get the Illumi, which is a color meter and a light meter, for how much? The Illuminati 
Illuminati. That's it. Not Illuminati. Illuminati is the lights that we got. It was like two fifty. Two fifty, which is whew, that is awesome. Pretty I mean, awesome. Yeah, and it connects your phone. The other thing that I liked about it over some of the other options was it has the ability to mount to a stand because mm-hmm. it's its own standalone thing. It doesn't actually connect to your phone. Uh, it's an like, actual piece of hardware. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, it connects via Wi-Fi. Oh no, Bluetooth. Yeah, but Bluetooth. you don't have to actually have it connected to your mm-hmm. phone physically, so it can be separate. So you can have your phone behind the camera metering with the Illumi Illuminati. Man, Sorry, I screwed you it. up. I totally screwed you up. Um, on a light stand or having the actor hold it or having an assistant walk around with it or whatever, yeah. and you can still be metering it on your phone um, and get all those readings, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little more expensive for the no-budget filmmaker, but you know, if you're going to start getting into like lighting uh, your own scenes and stuff like that, it's kind of a great investment because it will save you some time and headaches uh, down the road. Yeah, and it's kind of one of the cheapest options out there. Yeah, yeah. And we and take it from us, we're not you know sponsored by them at all, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, we have used it. We own one, and we love it, and we continue to use it, and it is great. Um, now, this one I do not know. Pocket AC. Hit me yeah. with that. What is Pocket AC? Pocket AC. Does so, that mean assistant camera? It does. Whoa. Nailed it. <laughs> Taking a break. So it's got Next a lot time. of tools mm-hmm. in it that an assistant camera might yeah. want. Yep. Things like depth of field calculator, you know, so you can put in different variables like the lens focal length and the aperture and the distance and, you know, see how kind of like what the the near limit or the far limit is yep. for your focus. Okay. Okay. Uh, which will be really helpful if you, uh, if you're trying to pull focus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works as a, it's like you have an assistant cameraman in your pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a cool thing called digital runtime oh. on it, which allows you to say how big your media cards are, what you're recording to and what the compression is. And it'll calculate how much, actual runtime you have on that media which is cool right which is helpful so you could like you could uh say you have 128 gigabyte sd card and you put in whatever the compression is for like a gh5 or something yeah and it'll tell you how much record time you have and that's great and if you guys if you've ever been on set um you know, especially with DSLRs that don't always tell you how long you've been running or how much time you have remaining. Uh, nothing in the world is worse than having to tell the director that this scene that was like the actress just nailed you didn't get because halfway through the media ran out. Um, yeah. Uh, so it always always helpful to you know change out cards early, and this can help you do that. Um, totally. And then there's also a little selfless plug: city forms. Cineforms is something that doesn't really exist yet. Yet, 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 um, yet. Um, I I made like a uh, a beta version mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well. Oh, it had yeah. some it had some bugs. Yeah, but it's something that we kind of put on the back burner. Um, but essentially, what it is, it has a database of useful forms and contracts and agreements. Yep, that you need for a production. Things like talent release. Um, location agreements. This is for anything: interviews, promo videos, uh, for features. features you know, uh, as like investor any, yeah. agreements, has distribution agreements, all that kind of stuff. And basically, you walk through a wizard where you input wizard. all you input all the fields into the wizard, ah. and um, it'll spit out a completed document that you can then online 
or like on an iPad or something sign, mm-hmm. and it'll spit out like a a legally binding contract Document. that holds up in court with like timestamps and IP addresses and all kinds of crazy stuff. Seemed like a pretty cool idea to me. I still find myself wishing I had this. Yeah, we in, we, a, in a working form. We are not programmers. We're not app no. developers. So we're we're Alex is trying to work through it. But um, uh, let us know. Let us know in the comments if that's something that you would like to see happen. Maybe we'll take it off the back burner and put it on the front burner, as they say. And maybe do people do, say that. I don't know. I don't think that's. A saying. We're gonna make it a saying. Yeah, let's put it on the front burner. And maybe if uh, you shoot us an email or do something or get our attention, maybe we'll send you a, a beta version and you can test it out and let us know what needs to be changed on it and all that. Um, yeah. But that's something we've been that Alex has been working on and that we're you know it's one of those things where it's not as important as other things we work on. But if it becomes more important, then hey, we're gonna work on it. Be very handy. Yeah. All right. Um, so now we're we're done. You're done shooting. We got some apps that we that helped us on set. And all that fun stuff. And now it's post-production time, and this is where you'll get into some fights. Real fisticuffs. Yeah, lots of fights on this one. The never-ending debate of Final Cut versus Creative Cloud. Yeah. Um, That's a big one. And then the newcomer into it is DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. So and these, then the old comer. <laughs> that, this um, sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you sick. Yeah. Sick man. Yeah, whatever. At um, least we have the explicit on the uh, on the, the rating of this. Uh, Avid, I was assuming you were going to say? That That is what I was going to say, but also I just thought of Sony Vegas. I was just about to say Sony Vegas. Uh, I don't even know if they make it anymore. They do. No. Oh, well, I'm sure they do. Why not? No, they do not. Do they really? i got to look this up. Yeah. Oh, my God, they do. I think people Sony Vegas Pro. It. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So for those who don't know, Sony has... Who, it wasn't always Sony Vegas. It was somebody else's Vegas software. Was it like um, Pinnacle or something? I forget who did it. Sonic Foundry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sonic Foundry. Um, yeah, and now that's... it's published by like Magic. So it's not even Sony Vegas Pro. It's just Vegas Pro. Oh, okay. Another company takes it Someone over. Someone else got it. Yeah, so this is um, only on Windows. This is what I learned to edit on. Is it I, really? Oh, yeah. I got a hacked version. Uh, don't arrest me, FBI. I got a hacked version of Sony Vegas. Yeah. And um, uh, I learned on that. Actually, I think I got it when it was Sonic Foundry Vegas. Nice. Um, and so these are all nonlinear editors. Um, uh, you know, uh, I think times are changing. but. Sure. I think Avid is still the industry standard, really. Um, yeah, if you're going to be like a professional editor yeah. in the in the biz, in the biz, um, then you're going to probably want to learn how to do Avid. Me and Alex learned on Avid in film school. We did, and I I actually had the the Dwangle for Avid Express Pro or something Avid Express when I was in college. Well, aren't you a Vanderbilt? Yeah, look at you, rich boy. I know. Jeez, I just it stole. It's probably the about as expensive as. Sony Vegas at the time. <laughs> That's right, true. Um, yeah, because the Cause Avid Express, Express yeah. it was the Express version. Yeah. So these are, um, you know, DaVinci Resolve has a free version. So if you're super no budget, that might be the best one to start on. Um, and yeah. the, the the free version has a lot of features, and you can edit it just as you need to, and you're fine. Um, you can not only that, but it has obviously a very powerful color correction. Yep system built into it it does it does um and then you get into the more expensive paying for it like final cut is just 
Final Cut, but it also comes with motion and stuff like that. I don't even does motion exist anymore. I don't know. That's another good question. Did Vegas and you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if motion exists because I thought Vegas was down. Um, yes, thought, Motion Five is part of the bundle. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's part of the bundle. I thought Apple stopped supporting all these things. No, you know, I for a while they said they weren't going to support Final Cut Pro anymore, and then now they kind of do. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough, and because of that. Me and Alex are hardcore, diehard Adobe Creative Cloud fiends. Yeah. Um, love the package. We talked about it earlier when we were talking about Adobe Story. But as an editor, I love Premiere because it connects to all their other programs in this suite. So yeah. you can go from After Effects and then send it directly and natively to Premiere, and it just works. And it yeah. works beautifully. And similarly, you can drop a Photoshop file into After Effects and just, you know, adjust the all the layers, layers yeah. and do all sorts of cool stuff. Um, so You can go back to Photoshop, make an edit, oh, that's and then so it will automatically update in your After Effects timeline. Same with um, uh, connected After Effects files. Yeah. Connected compositions, you make the change in After Effects, you don't have to render it out, or you just save it and it'll change it in, in uh, Premiere. It's, I love all that. I love all that. It's it's and great. I'm, I'm really happy that they put it into a more like affordable ish monthly payment instead mm-hmm. of having to buy each yes. individual software yes. package and a license for it and all that kind of stuff. So the Creative Cloud is what like fifty bucks. Yeah, it depends. If you're a student, you can get a discount. Yep, I think um, it's like thirty bucks. Or thirty bucks like that. a month. Uh, we use it for everything. That is our go to. Um, After Effects is great. I think I saw. Don't hold me to this, Uh-oh. but I think I saw that Adobe's doing a special right now. If Uh-oh. you sign up, you can get the first year for 30 bucks a month, I believe, if you sign up. Oh, man. Let me see. Um, if you're not already an existing customer. Hmm. Let's see here. I'm not... Don't quote me on this. Students and teachers save 60%. Hmm. Uh, one annual... Okay. That, so what that is, is... Is, is. Oh. What that is, is. What that is, 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 is if you pay for the whole year up front... You get thirty five percent off. Gotcha. So you got to pay for the whole year, and then you get it's cheaper. Okay. So just you know, um, so it's six hundred dollars for the year, which isn't bad. Not bad. No, not bad. But that being said, if you guys want DaVinci Resolve, is an extremely powerful program used by many professionals, Um, and then there's also Fusion, which is which Blackmagic also purchased, and that is a Node-based compositing software similar to like Nuke. Mm-hmm. If any of you are familiar with Nuke, that's some that's some hardcore stuff there. It's some hardcore stuff. I mean, it's a different. It's different than like After Effects uses layers. Yep. Fusion uses nodes. Same with um, think of like a spider web that one node connects to another node connects to another node. Exactly, that and that's the same with Resolve. Yeah, the color correction software of Resolve uses nodes as well. I think Unlike, the free uh, version of Resolve has a, a set number of nodes you can use in a that's project, right. yeah. and that's where you're limited. Unlike uh, Lumetri or whatever, yeah. or Speed, well, SpeedGrid is different, but um, Lumetri or any kind of like program that you use in. Uh, I don't know if they do SpeedGrid anymore. I don't think so. It's not supported anymore. I think they stopped it. Yeah, end of life. It ended after 2015. Yeah. Um, so that you know that that went the way of Adobe yeah. Story. Thanks. The Adobe products are are big on the layers. Yeah. Big on layers. layers. Yep. DaVinci and Blackmagic and all that is nodes. Yep. So so those are and then then again, we will emphasize this to the day we die and this podcast is dead, which is probably in two more episodes because who knows who's listening. Um 
When it comes to audio and sound, hire a professional. But if you know your way around audio and all that, Pro Tools is kind of like the thing to do. Um, it is, but yeah, if you got Adobe, you, you got yeah, Audition. You got Audition, which is pretty good. Pretty powerful. And they, again, the cool thing about Adobe... Not to like rain on the Pro Tools parade because it is like the it's like the Avid of sound stuff. Well, shocker! It is owned by Avid. There we go. They bought it. So um, Audition and Premiere and all that they update that constantly. They do, and, and they add features for better or worse. For better or worse, for because better it's, or it's worse. pretty buggy when pretty they buggy release when stuff. they release it, and you'll notice but, it. But when they after a few you know months or well, a few a little year, small updates. Uh, they get it going pretty yeah, good, and so exactly. I mean, there's some really cool audio features in Audition mm-hmm. and in Premiere that they've added recently. Spoiler alert: This podcast is being recorded in Audition. It is, and wow. it has been since the beginning. What? Welcome we to the future. We discuss that. I know. We're supposed to agree on these things. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Well, you wanted to record it on your cell phone. No, I did. I did. My my cell phone has two tracks, which is. Perfect. Yeah, it was super sixteen uh, bit. It was ah, uh, sounded sweet. It sounded like a actually it was eight bit. Sounded like an old Nintendo game. Yeah, and it would have been really awkward sharing your earbuds trying to record <laughs> really close to each other. So that <laughs> our volumes were the same. But you know what? We you get made the left. It I get the right. <laughs> we would have made it happen. Dedication to our audience of three. Um, so yeah, I mean, we could go into more and more. There's there's tons of new apps coming out every day. There's tens of. Um, there's tens of tens. Tens of tens. Tens of tens. <laughs> Tons of uh, new software coming out. Uh, you know, the industry is slowly moving towards, you know, Apple fanboys will say that Final Cut is like the industry, slowly moving the industry standard. No, more and more places are using Adobe. Yeah. Um, at Larry, we use Adobe. Um, but there's going to be something else that comes out so that may, you know, challenge that. Uh, Definitely. There's another program that we neglected to mention. Uh-oh. Oh, damn it. What? I, again, I don't have experience with it. I've just seen uh-huh. it existing in, in life, and that is um, HitFilm. Oh, yes. You know? You know, I heard the announcement, and, and then I couldn't really find any more info about it. I think that one is pretty budget-friendly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, it is by FX Home. So if you go to fxhome.com, uh, HitFilm Pro is $300. So not that much. Not that much. And I think HitFilm Express is free. Right? Oh, maybe. Uh, HipFilm, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, HipFilm Pro is two ninety nine. HipFilm Studio, um, is four ninety seven. Um, HipFilm Express free. Yep. Oh, there you go. Found so it. that that is a newer editor. I've never tested that one, so I can't, um, you know, I can't say that it is good or bad. Um, yeah, but it seems like just from their marketing and what I've seen in the past that they they sort of geared it towards fan filmmakers and sort of uh, people that make YouTube videos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I feel like it's actually, it's powerful enough to do anything. And like, there's no saying that you have to make fan films to use oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think what the, the thing that HitFilm Pro is pushing is that it comes with a lot of VFX presets so right. built right in. So it is for kind of like, not to say again, as Alex said, it's not specifically for like making fan films or stuff like that. But if you don't want to have to go into something like After Effects and get these sweet effects that you're seeing on YouTube and all that, uh, HitFilm Hit Pro kind of has them built in and allows you to just kind of manipulate them in the program. So yeah. kind of cool, something to check out. 
not to, can't speak from experience about using it, but I have heard good things about it. I just kind of forgot about it, and obviously me and Alex both did. Yeah. But again, like, there's software coming out all the time. There's yep. all sorts of stuff out there. Um, another thing to mention, I think we talked about it a little bit ago, is Adobe's newest forte into mobile Oh, that's right. Or whatever. That's right. Project Rush, I think it's called. Yeah, and it can connect all your devices with yeah. editing. Yeah. Um, your your laptop, your tablet, your phone. Uh, you can edit on any of them, and the program, the project will transfer over to the other medium. The future is now. The future is now, and smaller and faster than um, ever. Yeah, I mean that's what people say about me. I'm smaller and faster. <laughs> that's true. Kidding. He gets smaller and faster every day. Yep, fatter and slower. That's that's my forte. <laughs> that's that's the Trevor Nelson way. Um, so okay, Alex. Now that we've uh, you know hit them in the face with programs and nerding out for a little bit, what's yep. cool? What's cool that you've discovered? Let's see. What is cool that I discovered? Well, speaking of fan films, one of, one of my fan favorites, Nathan Fillion. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with... Who's who's not a fan of Nathan Fillion? That's true. Come on. Firefly. Any of you guys fans? Oh. What's up? Um, what up? I love that show. I don't... It, it just really... It really did it for me. Yep. Um, yep. Castle, for those of oh. you who uh, are television watchers. Uh, what's the one that he did with uh, Josh Whedon online? Uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along so, blog. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nathan Fillion made... An Uncharted fan film, Ugh. which is just what I, the reason I think this is really cool is it's just something he wanted to do. And he, he just went out and did it in between shooting his like TV shows. He did it for Comic-Con. Well, I think also what it is, is that people have noticed that his acting in all the shows, the sarcasm he has in him is, yes. is basically very much like the main character in Uncharted, yeah. uh, which I believe is uh, something Drake. Drake, Drake, something uh, but and also he looks a lot like him, and right. so what happened is a lot of people for many years were uh, pushing for him to be starring in the movie of Uncharted, and it never got off the ground. There may be a movie coming out soon, I think, or something like that. Um, but uh, everyone's been saying Nathan Fillion needs to do it. He is the perfect guy. He's got the perfect uh, comic, you know, sensibilities, and he looks like him. Um, it's Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake is the character, and he he just. Just said, you know what? Screw it. Not waiting for anybody. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he surprised everyone at Comic-Con with it, I believe. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, to me, a perfect example of where filmmaking is at right now and where yeah. it will go in the future. It's, you know, up to the creators. You know, if, you, if you're if you an actor and you want to make something, go, you can go out and make it. The technology's yeah. there. Uh, it just takes time and effort and uh, perhaps a little bit of money. Yeah. I mean, but you can do it, you know. That's what's that's what's really cool about this particular time period in no budget filmmaking. And you never know what's going to come of it because this could be the. I mean, if enough people, I, there's plenty of examples of this. If enough people like the online video, it could get some executive to be like, you know what, we should make this with him. Yeah. Because that happened with Deadpool. They released sure. the the VFX footage of a fight scene from Deadpool after it kind of died, and then look what happened there on their second. I think the third was announced, made tons of money, and then there was that uh, Mortal Kombat fan film where he got all these big name stars to be. This guy got him to act in a very well made, kind of modernized version of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and um, then it became a series, right? A digital series. Yeah, it became a digital series, and that guy got a lot of work. And so it just shows you that you know if you there's something you like. Granted, you know you, you got to maneuver around licensing and who owns the rights and if you can do it and all that but you know what if it's a fan film you're not trying to make any money of it just want to get it seen 
then you know why not go for it? Yeah. You never know what could happen. Uh, for me, uh, I don't know about Alex. I am a huge Kubrick fan. Um, huge Kubrick fan. Uh, Alex is Clockwork on the Orange fence. On was, the fence uh, oh, oh, one man. of my faves. Is that Kubrick? I had to, of course it was. <laughs> I had to awkwardly Thanks watch that with that. my mom oh. in high school because I read the book and I loved the book. Oh. And then, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, there's a movie." Oh. Uh, it was the first Kubrick movie I've ever seen. My mom hadn't seen it. Oh, rented no. it. Oh, watched no. it together. Awkward. Really weird. Yeah, I, I think uh, the first Kubrick movie I saw was with my dad, and it was uh, Doctor Strange Love. Okay. Um, next, you're going to tell me that Kubrick did 2001: Space Odyssey. Uh, what? No, I, I think oh. I think that was Spielberg. Okay, uh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that dude's an art tour. That's the one with the bicycle over the moon, right? <laughs> and a little guy in it, <laughs> in the basket. Um, so no, but so Kubrick for a long time there had been a rumor that he wanted to make uh, a film adaptation of the book Burning Secret. And what Burning Secret is, it's kind of like the opposite of Lolita, which is another Kubrick movie. I don't know if anyone has seen that movie. If you haven't, you should go check it out. It's about an older man who uh, is uh, trying to seduce a younger girl. It got you know it was scandalous at the time. Burning Secret is kind of the opposite, where a scandalous man try befriends a young boy so that he can seduce his married mother. Um, and this kind of seems to be a lot of what Kubrick <laughs> does. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He likes the controversial stuff. He likes so that. He, it was rumored that he wanted to do it. Everyone knew he wanted to do the movie. But what was just found is they found a completed screenplay that he had written. He had co-written. Very um, interesting. They found it like a Kubrick expert. Who was the co-writer? I mean, that guy knew it existed. That guy could be dead, too. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, so they found the screenplay, and I think they're going to try and... Um, you know, find a director that, that would fit it. Maybe it is Steve Spielberg since Spielberg finished AI. That's true. Um, it was co-written by the novelist Calder Willingham. Calder Willingham. Yes. Um, and it's so completed, it's so well done and so so well polished that they think it could be made in a movie without any more polishing. Nice. Um, so I would be excited to see another Kubrick penned screenplay made into a movie. That, that would be, be pretty cool. That would be sweet. That would be cool. That, that's, it's almost like when they find um, new music by musicians, you know, and they're like, yes. oh, Elvis's new record. Yeah. It's like, what? I'm still waiting because they say, the rumor is that Prince has so much music in his vault that he could do... I think the rumor was he could really, they could release a new Prince album with new music every year for 40 years That's because of crazy. all the music he had in his vault. Now, I'm not saying that was great and all that, but yes, that would be That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, what else? What else we got? Let's see. Oh, I just heard about uh, a series called Sacred Lies. Okay. It's Do a tell. Facebook Watch series. Oh, Facebook Watch coming which, hot. Man. First of all, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Facebook Watch. It's like a new little tab. You can watch videos. And Tell us time. Oh. oh. So far, gotcha. it doesn't seem, it hasn't seemed like they've been going for any kind of like high quality content in mm -hmm. terms of like narrative or anything like that. But it's I, been a lot of like reality type yeah, things. Yeah, they did the, the LeVar Ball, Ball in the Family. Right. And kind of like, they're just kind of get there. It's like whatever. Feeling. Yeah. Uh, but Sacred Lies is kind of a, a very cinematic looking uh, series. I think it's okay. 10 parts. Okay. And uh, I feel like they're going after YouTube Red, which I don't know if you've seen any YouTube Red stuff lately, but it tends to me, at least, this is just my opinion. Don't come after me, Google. Jeez. I'm coming after you. Um, 
YouTube Red stuff still has that like YouTubey vibe to me. Yeah, they, it doesn't seem cinematic. It has kind of like a a weird like kind of thrown together vibe. Yeah, I, I think what YouTube Red did is they went after the creators that were already popular and just had them like make pay channels. While Facebook Watch, I know that they were putting money out there to get original content. Well, it's not only that. It's not only those Red uh, programs, but also the uh, like the Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, Cobra you know? Kai. Which I know a lot of people really liked. Fine. Yeah. I I saw the first episode and I thought, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, to me, it seemed like an extension of a YouTube show. It it wasn't blowing my mind in terms of like, oh man, YouTube's really coming at it hot with some really nice cinematic big content that, you know, looks bigger than YouTube. It still looked like it fit within YouTube. At least enough to pay for YouTube Red. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, it... uh it's a Blumhouse production, isn't it? It is. Oh, yep. I mean, I like his stuff. I, he's uh, he's got the the Midas touch these days. Um, he does. So I'd be interested in checking that out. I'll have to check out the trailer. Yeah, maybe you could fix my car. It's got the Midas Stop. touch. Stop! Wow. <laughs> yep. Boo! Boo! This man. Oh man. Um. All right. Um. I am also really impressed with uh, Black Magic is a, uh, releasing an eGPU. Oh, yeah. And it is basically a graphics card that is housed outside. It's an add-on. It's a, it's housed outside the computer, and it's an add-on. So you can add it to any computer, and it will boost your graphic capabilities. And it's good for gamers, but it's also good for video rendering. I've been um, waiting for this to happen I know. in like a really functional yeah. way for quite some time. Yeah, I think with the uh, advent of uh, USB-C... That they're getting closer and closer. Yeah, I know. I think they're saying they're super close to getting it where um, peripherals that are outside the computer can run just as fast over a cable than the components that are installed directly in the computer. And once you do that, you just have like you'll just have like a little dinky computer, and you just add everything on that you have to upgrade only one thing without opening your computer at any time, which would be amazing. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, so yeah, so it's a it's a standalone graphics processor, um, and Blackmagic is making it to kind of boost their 4K rendering and stuff like that. And I'm sure it's going to work the best with something like DaVinci Resolve and stuff like that. But sure, um, you know, other programs will be able to take advantage of it. The reason I'm particularly excited about this is because I use a laptop for mm-hmm. my main computer. I do a lot of After Effects work. And my particular laptop, I wanted to keep it smaller, so it's yeah. only a 15-incher. <laughs> and uh, this guy, I wanted it to be a little bit more portable, even though it's still a beast. Yeah, but I can still only put a certain level of of like laptop graphics card in it, mm-hmm. you know, which is a big bummer. Yeah. But if I had the ability to put an external, yeah. I mean, obviously I can't do it on this one because there's no USB-C on it. But yeah. in the future, having the ability to Add an extra graphics card, or you know, just boost up whatever you got. Can you imagine doing like 4K editing or 6K editing on something like as thin as a Chromebook? Like, and it's just I can, uh, and it's just like seamless. It's just like blazing through it. I can imagine. Oh, please, just give that to me now. Pretty cool. And then uh, finally, also, um, I just want to give a prop out to. Sorry to bother you. Um, I think it's nationwide now. Um, it was originally like, you know, your limited release, New York, Los Angeles. Even then, it was a couple select theaters in Los Angeles, maybe Chicago as well. Um, sorry to bother you. I don't want to say for certain it's Boots Riley's um, directorial debut. He was a musician and an activist for a long time. Um, 
But this was a movie that I was psyched about from the trailer, and it did not disappoint. It is, it is twisted. It is weird. It is funny. It is awesome. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll still be in theaters by the time this podcast comes out. If it is, go see it. Do yourself a favor. It is unique. It is not a remake. It is not a sequel. It is a unique and original idea, and it is awesome. Everyone in it is awesome. I can't, I can't praise this movie enough. I'm sure I'm going to get people coming back and being like, that movie was weird. That movie was dumb. Whatever. Don't care. You know, <laughs> don't at me, bro. Um, it was awesome. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, Alex, you haven't seen it yet. You got to go see it. I don't know. It seems dumb. Yeah. yeah super dumb. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be about it. What do you got? Anything else to add? No, I think that's it. All right. Penny, you got anything? Penny? Nope. Passed out. Oh, she's done. She's done. All right, guys. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 14. And if you don't mind, please hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Also, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. Also, feel free to write... Uh, a little review yeah yeah we really appreciate the reviews that we already have absolutely you can also uh, find us also on Spotify on Stitcher and on Google Play so if you're not an iTunes guy you can jump over there and give us a review that would help us out a lot we can spread the word of cinema around the world exactly and if you have any filmmaking questions go ahead to filmmaking.com slash episode 14 and put them in the comments section. We'll try to answer them in the next episode. Also, if you feel so inclined, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit. Alex is posting a bunch of stuff because he's the social media guru here. I'm going to post the same stuff. It's going to be pictures of my feet because I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Later.